sad news to report. Oh yeah, yeah. The, um, the viewers are going to be heartbroken. It's 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 kind of rough. I guess it, the listeners, by the way, not the viewers. Yeah, it, it hits me. It hits me and hurts me. I've never had this happen. Well, um, so sitting this morning, I couldn't sleep one morning. It's like four a.m. So I decided to get up and uh, you know sit and have a cup of joe, like everyone does, and because I couldn't sleep, right? And, right, right. You know, here I have my homework due that that morning, and you're just I figured, well, my cranking it out, you know. And uh, well, I pick up my MacBook Air, and, or, or no, wait, let me let me try and remember this as vividly because I'm trying to block it out. It's kind of suppressing, but I think you guys know where this. Yeah, obviously going. at this point. The uh, yeah, the coffee completely went under the MacBook and it was on. So, um, unfortunately I couldn't turn it off in time. The, my quick reaction was to chuck it onto the couch as far away and that didn't really help. So I took it to the Apple store and they said, well, you know, these things happen. So it's going to be a lot of money. (laughs) Plus tax. Well, they tax you on that. I guess it is a service. It's a service. Yeah. Now, I bought this thing before they had this Apple Care Plus. Do they have it for computers? They do, right? I don't think so. Oh. Let's find out. <laughs> anyway, it's weekly download episode number 27. Seven. Yeah, 27. Yep. Uh, 27 was a good year. 27 was our last episode. Well, then. <laughs> Guess we're on weekly download episode number 28. Man, we're just pumping these out. We, we are. Weekly, it's crazy. It's just so crazy. These Wednesdays, I'll tell you what. Yeah. So Apple Care Plus is only for the iPhone? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense, right? Yeah, because yeah. I don't think they're just like willy-nilly like, oh, you dropped your MacBook. Give us $200. But so you were telling me a little tip. Right, right. And the viewers, or the listeners should know about this. State Farm has a personal articles policy. I think Square Trade does something similar. I just trust State Farm more because they're, you know, a well-known, long-time insurance company. You can get what's called a personal articles policy. When I had a MacBook Pro, it was about $44 a year for a $2,000 machine. So about, I think I paid like $38, $39 for my MacBook Air. If anything happens to it, anything at all, they'll either pay to have it fixed at Apple, or if they deem it, you know, too much, they'll just wipe it as a total loss and give you a check for whatever. Now, how does that claim process go? You call them up and say, hey, here's what happened to my computer. That's it? Yep. They don't look at it? Uh, they want you to take it to Apple, obviously, to, like, you know, have it inspected and make sure you're not trying to scam them or anything crazy like that. So they trust Apple? They, yeah, they trust, like, you have to take it to, like, an authorized per agent or something. Well, you know, I know the managers at Carmel really well. Couldn't I just be like, hey, can you just say this is total for me so I can get a check? I mean, I guess you could, but that is I'm insurance fraud. Don't, I'm surprised they... Don't make you take it to State like, Farm. And say, hey, here's what happened to it. Because there is a State Farm office about a mile away. Right, there are like, yeah, there are a lot of them in Indianapolis, yeah. Um, interestingly enough, they don't even ask for it back. Like, I had an accident. I've never had this happen like what you had happened, but, like, I've had something happen with a cousin of mine who was a little fiddling around, dropped it, disaster. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I ended up making a claim. Only one I've had to make in, like, six years or seven years of having this. And... Um, I took it to the Apple store, they cut me a check, and they said, yeah, you can keep the old one. Wow. Yeah. Hey, State Farm, if you're listening to this, we accept sponsorship. <laughs> yes, because we basically just uh, gave you some free word of mouth. Thing. And Square Trade. Yeah. I think Square Trade's like $99 or something. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I mean, they just do this kind of insurance, I think. So it's where State Farm does a lot of insurance. So it's probably a little easier for them to do this. Well, I'll tell you what. I was planning on paying $1,500 for the repair. So all things considered, seven fifty. It's about half what you thought. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Kind of one of those, like, stimulus and then later I, it's half the stimulus. I'm like, okay. I can yeah, handle, yes, it's, I can, I can handle this. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I guess we better talk about some real things today. <laughs> Top download for this week. Apple. Oh yeah, new. Hires the UK CEO and of what's the company? Oh uh, man, I, let's let's look again. I don't want to say something wrong. From Dixon's, I think. Yeah, Dixon's. That's yeah. right. Now, and he's also been in a few other places, Tesco, and basically a bunch of goods and services businesses. What you probably expect Kingdom. from right. And uh, a lot of people are, like, I picked out Dan Fermer's quote in specific because I think it's a good point in that he probably hired someone, you know, who has a world, a little bit of a different perspective than an American one because that's where the push is. Right, across the the globe. We're not dealing, I mean, we have a lot of stores in America, over 300, and... They're really rapidly expanding in other markets. Now, to give you a little bit of a little bit of a insight, I was one, I once went to an Apple interview about a, a, month, a few. I didn't sign any NDAs, so, and uh, it was for to be a retail store leader. Oh, one of their college leadership programs. Well, and so you basically get a degree with Apple, and then they and so but you have like it's a four-step interview process you go for the initial one if they invite you back you do another initial one and if you they invite you back again you have to make some sort of video and then if they invite you to go to their uh campus then basically you're in at that point so and then basically you do this training for about a year and a half before you can become a leader of their store right and uh they released some numbers. They told me a few things. Like they said, you know, right now Ron Johnson at that time had propelled Apple into supreme success, and they have 350 retail stores around the world. Only 350, mind you. But they're pushing for about 500. Right, yeah. So you can imagine if they're pushing, it could happen in two ways. I think it's more likely that there'll be more in the world like worldwide than just in the Americas, you know, right now, I think as it stands, they have at least one Apple store in every state. If, uh, not, if not for the, uh, lesser known states, <laughs> the loser states, poor Montana, Sorry, West Virginia, Montana. West Virginia. don't think they have, no, one they don't somewhere. have one. I have family that lives there and I mock them and say, you guys don't even have an Apple store. Yeah. But you know, everyone in West Virginia just goes to Virginia anyway. That's true. Yeah. Unless so, you're on the other side of the state. So, you know, basically, I think that uh, they're probably... I mean, the UK is a great place to start, but there's probably some places in Europe Europe in general that they could definitely pursue, and I think this guy's the guy to look at it in some ways. Um, according to one blogger posted on MacRumors today, he and, and the, he was linked to by MacRumors, he said that he sent an email to Tim Cook expressing his concern for the new choice because he's they apparently have shady business practices over at uh, Dixon's and uh, you know I don't really know we're here in America but apparently Tim Cook seems to think he's the best so far quote 
I think you'll be as pleased as I am. His role isn't to bring Dixons to Apple, it's to bring Apple to an even higher level of customer service and satisfaction. So the thing, the key takeaway for me here is that it's not really, maybe not the goal is not to re, you know, reinvent or right. reinvent the wheel or anything, just to push it further. They've already established the living room concept that was, you know, was the way they wanted to go in the beginning. So I think they've done a good job at that. Now the question is bringing customer service and satisfaction in the stores, which I think is probably their biggest problem. Because if you go to an Apple store, usually everyone's kind of just standing around waiting for you to come up with to them. At least this is my experience every time, just because of how busy they are. Right. They're so busy that they've kind of reached this sort of incumbency that they're like, oh, well, people will come to us, blah, blah, blah. But you can't sit on your laurels for this kind of stuff. The yep. fact of the matter is, eventually people will become tired, and the solution is not to make a, a iOS app, a payment app where you don't even have to talk to a single individual. Yeah. That's the, not what people want. The people want the Apple experience, start to finish, come in, be greeted by someone, have someone remember their name, be like, "Hey, you're back to with your MacBook Air." Yeah, actually, I brought, I spilled coffee on it. Oh darn it, so bad. Here you go, no problem. We'll take care of it. You know, that's the kind of experience I get because I go to that Apple store all the time. And I appreciate that. And I'm sure a lot of other people appreciate it. And the only way Apple really advertises, you know, other than their cheeky ads for their products, is through the Apple store. The store, yeah. And that, in turn, the advertisement is by word of mouth. So this is a move that hopefully will, you know, expand that idea a little bit more. Um, Okay. So next on the list. Oh, this was interesting, and actually, I had a little bit of a discussion about this with some people on Twitter. Um, so Neil Young, who I love, Neil Young, he's great. He was on All Things D's conference called Dive Into Media. Uh, D has a lot of conferences. They do, yeah. So this one is, a, I guess, about media. Okay, so he was. He said, and the 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 context of this interview was okay. Neil Young likes what Steve Jobs has done and likes the idea of bringing digital music to the forefront and making it really accessible. The problem is is that the quality has really suffered. Right. Now, at the end of the day, if you really wanted to get the actual gist of the music as it was originally recorded, you're still going to go back to vinyl. Yeah. I mean, and I know that what, what you're alluding to, I read this article as well, that... Um it's interesting that he, the Steve Jobs sort of steered away. What, what the article is essentially saying is that Steve Jobs and Neil Young had an, uh, an, an um, like a chat about lossless formats and really bringing a lossless format to the iTunes Music Store, but it never really came to be. I don't think it's very sustainable to bring a lossless format. Well, to I mean, iTunes. people don't have the storage space, isn't there? The storage space isn't there, and more importantly, streaming's not to that level. And here's the problem. Because storage space and streaming aren't there, we're currently listening to lower quality music as a result. Now, some people argue that 256 KB ACC is fantastic. And that people won't, the human ear won't be able to tell a difference anyway. And, but I don't think that's true. Well, I mean, it depends. It, it depends on how much into music you are. If you've heard the original recording on vinyl, then you're probably going to think, oh, wow, this yeah, is this not is close. Yeah. But if you've never heard it and you're discovering Bob Dylan for the first time, or Neil Young, for that matter... You wouldn't even know. Now, the only person who has a problem is Neil Young or Bob Dylan. They're probably going to be like, well, hey. Right. 
this is great and I want people to discover my music, but they're missing the point. And it's kind of like, and actually this parallels a conversation that I had with someone else. It's kind of like when you view an artwork, like a very, very nice artwork on Google Images. Like, yeah, you'll see the artwork, but you won't really appreciate the point. Like if you're right there, you know, like exactly. really get, grasping the whole thing. I'll give you an example. Like the Mona Lisa, right? Right. The Mona Lisa is a very famous painting that most people have not accessed in person. Now, I've had the privilege of, ask, of accessing it in person. It's at the Louvre in France. You have to go down the stairs, walk all the way down the hallway, and walk another hallway, and then you enter this room. On the opposite side of the Mona Lisa is a giant picture of, uh, like, huge, like, it's as big as the wall in front of us here. I mean, I, no, no, not even close. It's much bigger than that. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but basically it's a bunch of, it's about, like, Jesus Christ and, like, him doing a miracle and stuff like that. And not, not the Last Supper, mind you, and not, like, I don't know what it was. But anyway, it was a really nice mural Right, picture. right. And then, juxtaposed, like, literally across from that is the Mona Lisa. And it is literally the size of your MacBook Air if it was folded outward times two. If <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So it's really small. It's it's not it's but not it's always portrayed as some like magical right. huge art yeah it's por- portrayed as this giant like awesomeness but really it's not about the artwork it's about the context and everything they laid out around it so the only thing on this wall is the Mona Lisa and it's in the direct center of this brown beigeous wall that stands about as high as like a one story house and there's lighting around it that sort of shines directly on it such that the smile is the most important aspect of the picture. I'm not kidding. This is straight out of the guided tour that I was listening to. And there's there's a throng of people obviously standing in front of you looking right. at this picture. But my point is is that the experience of this artwork is really only there when you're there. The beauty is in the actual setting and the whole the whole thing. So, in an analogous sort of argument if you've heard the vinyl of Neil Young or Bob Dylan, then there's no way 256 AC is going to do it for you. It's going to do it on a casual listen, but if you're like hardcore, like, and you've got the right equipment and you've got the right way to listen to it, right, you're, you're going to be like, out. I don't want this. You're not hearing those pops. You're not hearing any of that kind of stuff. So, okay, I can appreciate the argument from that way, but the problem is, is that it's just not accessible. And the meta problem is, is that even if it was accessible, would it still be the same? Because at the end of the day, it's still being broken down because it's got to go into a digital format. Is that sort of what you're saying? I'm or? saying that, but I'm also saying you're not pulling out the record. So it's not, not that physical experience off. that you and I often get into the argument about. Like, you don't actually... Right. It's like reading a book. You're not touching exactly. the pages, smelling the... Exactly. Just like the, the Mona Lisa. smelling the... Yeah. You don't smell the Mona Lisa. But, but I, I was talking the about record. the books. <laughs> but the record. Right, right. You don't smell that musty smell of it being a record right. that's been sitting around since the 60s. And here I'll give you that I totally agree with you. Like, right. It's the whole experience that makes the record. And in and, and the same way, it's what makes the music in some ways. That's where the mm-hmm. argument would be. So I don't really think Neil Young or Bob Dylan or anyone for that matter would be really satisfied. Right. Because at the end of the day, you're just going to iTunes, clicking a button, and it's still just there. Now, another thing I want to talk about with this is that, in general, it seems to be that the technolo- or the technology has progressed too slowly. There's two types of technology. There's the access technology, and then there's the uh, 
quality technology. This, this, this are the primitive terms I can come up with right now. But basically, the access technology refers to the way we've accessed music. It used to be by vinyl, and then it was, you know, cassettes, and, you know, LPs or what have you. And then it became CDs, which was right. a booming success. And then it became MP3s, and then the iPod specifically. And then now it's streaming, where there's no device really. It just kind of goes yeah, straight file, to the computer. Right there. Now that has happened at a rapid pace, really fast. Now we have also had the quality technology pick up, but unfortunately the streaming technology is not capable of streaming the quality technology that we have. Right. So, for example, you know, we have lossless capability. That's what Apple has shown. But, but if you want to lose your uh, two gigabytes of AT&T in a matter of a few minutes, go ahead and stream it lossless. Exactly. I'm not really sure what it is. I'm sure it's about a gig, I would say, at least, if it was like a four-minute song. Probably, I think that, yeah, the pure lossless. So, uh, and, and I don't know much about this audio stuff, but I will say that regardless, you're spending, you know, at least double the time to download right. that song and stream it. And that, too, there's loss, bandwidth loss, and there's a lot of... You're, su you're suffering a lot, basically. So there's a few things that could happen here. For one, it could be the case that streaming technology gets a lot better and that lossless finally comes to the forefront. But by the time that happens, then there will be even better music technology, like quality technology. Right. Right? By the time... Access technology catches up because if you if you think about the trend, access technology is continue, continuing to move at a faster pace, but quality technology seems to be kind of you know about the same at the moment. Yeah, you know. So if there's a growth, they're not growing in parallel, and I don't know if you can really solve that problem. So, in either case, I don't think Neil Young or any artist will be really happy with the result. Satisfied with the end so, product, yeah. Now, if there was a way to deliver vinyl quality that's easily accessible, then maybe he'll be solved. He'll be happy. But given what I just said, I don't really see that happening. It's an interesting argument. Like I said, this is one of the few where I'll agree with you that I don't necessarily think that the uh, the digital is mm -hmm. is going to be better than the physical. Okay, another thing to talk about is Siri. Now, I, I told you I want to move to the Windows phone. And yes. when I read this, when I, when I read this uh, argument by Marco, uh, who linked to somebody else, I believe, who basically quipped that, you know, for Apple to have a beta service is bad enough. But for the beta service to, to be, be bad, this bad yeah. is even worse. Now... I'll tell you that I've used Siri less and less as I've had this iPhone. It seems like it's getting worse and worse, as silly as that sounds. seems to be the case that they have a growth problem, primarily. Right. And you can tell by if they have a blockbuster quarter where they sell 47-whatever million... Your servers are probably going to take a bit of a hit. Take a hit. Even if you have built a massive data center out in the middle of North Carolina, for example. You just... You can't... You, can, you can't even predict that kind of growth. I mean, you can predict it, but they Not, were off. Yeah, right. In fact. So, I'll tell you what. Like, for example, this today, this morning, I tried sending a, I think a seven-word text, tried dictating it. It took about 30 seconds for that I'm text to I'm finding that problem. I, I recently, as you know, upgraded to the 4S. Right. And uh, I thought, oh, man, Siri's going to be so great, you know, because we talked about dictation. I know a couple other people that have it. They love the dictation. 
And it just, like I said, over the past week, it seems like it's getting worse and worse and worse. And you, and you know what? That It's not only that. It's services that I ask for. And also, the services that... And I, and I, and I remember myself complaining about this before, too. But the voice control services, why are they not still through voice control? Like, right, right. Because those were easily local and... yeah. Like, if I want to listen to a song, why are you pumping it through Siri... And through servers and then yeah at least that's what I as the user that's my image of what's happening now that might be completely wrong but it doesn't make sense like if I were to turn Siri off right now and try hearing a song mm-hmm. it'll be instantaneous now if right, I try right. doing that same thing with on Siri, Siri on it's going to sit there with the stupid spinning purple uh... it's not going to work yeah uh, where do you do this general Siri okay it's off and the information Siri uses to respond, if you want Siri later, it will take some time to resend this information. Okay, well, I'll do it with Siri first, then. Hmm. Yeah, I mean... Play song, the times... Oh, man, you don't yeah, even see, let me yeah. talk fast enough. Playing all songs. Oh, you're going to play all songs? Okay, great. Play song, the times are changing by Bob Dylan. Now playing times they are eight. Oh, that's not too bad. That, yeah, that was That was awesome. a lot faster. Um, anyway, that was pretty fast. And you win for, some, you lose some. You win this one. Siri. Good for Siri for at least doing that right. I think it, it's more the dictation thing that really bothers me because that's like kind of the holy grail of a. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like true enough, I think some of the things that Siri does is pretty slick. Like if I wanted a reminder and then oh, I wanted to change it and change it to something else, that's awesome. But it's not fast enough. It's not snappy enough. It's not Apple-y enough. Right. You know, sorry. That, like, you come out with, sorry, Siri, for you to come out with something. Sorry to Apple that you've made such a standard that, like, exactly. if it's not perfect, everyone's angry. And imagine, I'm having this problem on this phone in Indiana where the service is not pretty, terrible. Yeah, pretty, easy. pretty reliable because it's not getting slammed where somewhere else in, like, California. The valley or something like that, yeah. And that's the other thing. Uh, I remember when people were critiquing Siri, they said whenever the valley wakes up, or goes to lunch, or goes to sleep, Siri, everybody uh, suffers. Yeah, right. And maybe that's what it was, because I tried it, you know, earlier this morning, around the time that the valley would be waking up. But I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah, as I mentioned. I'm I've big tried... Fan. I've stopped now, using it. Now, I've tried the dictation ability on Windows Phone, and it works just as well. Really? In, in fact, it works great. I, I tried it on a, um, not a Samsung, but the other the other Windows Phone floating around right now. The, the HTC? Cheap, yeah, but it's a cheaper one. Maybe it is the same size. There's an HTC Titan, I think is what it's called, or something like that. The Titan's huge. It wasn't huge. Mm. It's a, Yeah, but... Um, Samsung Focus? Maybe. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. But not the Focus Flash, just... The, just the, the plain other, old Focus or whatever. The other one, right. So, on that one, I pressed the dictation, and it happened as fast as I would expect Siri to do it. At that time. Now, that was just one test. It wasn't the most reliable test in the world, and I didn't test it everywhere, and I don't have an anechoic chamber. But I think that, nevertheless, if you've put up this kind of standard, then either you meet it or you at least explain what's going on and provide the so-called beta users, which you now have 45 you know, million. Right. I mean, I think that is the biggest beta that has ever existed, ever. I think it beats Gmail. Yeah, I was going to say the Gmail beta was probably pretty big. How long was Gmail in beta? 
I think like four years, right? Well, here, um, yeah, I don't know. I got it. I got it in two thousand four, and I'm pretty sure it was like two thousand eight. Is when. Is there a way we can look that up really fast? Uh, we have the internet right at our fingertips. Okay, so Gmail beta users. Let's see what I come up with. Hmm. History of Gmail. Started on April first, two thousand four. Let's well, see. and I'm curious how many people are even. It was using 2009 it. when they uh, left beta status. The history of Gmail. Extended beta phase. A thousand opinion leaders. Huh. 1.2 million Gmail accounts. That oh, was in that 2005. Was, and that's popular science giving out that many. Okay. Well, obviously, Google's not the most transparent with their numbers, so we'll never really... I mean, maybe there's the a way to figure this out. And, I'm, and I would be very interested, maybe if a listener out there wants to send us that information, that'd be awesome. Or but Google. my theory... Or Google. But my theory is that the, is that Siri... Is gosh, the biggest beta. That word rhymes with so many weird words. Anyway, <laughs> Siri is probably the biggest beta. The fastest growing beta... Of any product. Probably def I'll biggest. definitely give you the fastest growing easily. It's not the biggest. And with that comes its challenges, of course. Right. One of them being reliability. I think that Apple probably should have left it up to like developers. You could enable it, like, and it's disabled by default. Being a beta product, like you would think that'd be something they would have done. Right. Exactly. Yeah. A couple more things to touch on before we end the podcast. First one is, is that the iPad, since we're talking about Apple is obviously doing fantastic. With the leaders, with the uh, recent earnings report, they re-tabulated right. the market share numbers. And now, you know, with the article that I linked to, it was interesting that they talked about how Android has a record 39%, but they didn't. They failed to mention that Apple has a 54% right. market share in the tablet market share. And now if you consider PCs, if, if the, the iPad tablets, is a PC, yeah. then it is the number one selling PC in the world. The it's pretty... Pretty enticing and pretty powerful. Think about it. That Apple's become the like number one PC manufacturer if you count iPads. And in the world. In the world. Yeah. So <laughs> I got nothing to say. I think we've talked about that numerous times. Yeah. Last thing to note is okay, so Spotify. Um do you use Spotify? I do. Now you use it pretty more often. Yeah. I, I remember I, when it first came out, we were kind of like, what is it? Uh, yeah, is it worth it? Yeah. I've, I've been paying for it because I like to use it on my mobile phone, but I actually stopped paying for it. And ironically enough, I haven't paid for it in a month, and it still keeps working on my phone. Is that right? Yeah, so I'm not complaining. Hopefully Spotify doesn't turn me off after listening. Well, you know me. I've never really been much a fan for streaming and right. paying for stuff for that matter. But <laughs> with Facebook's uh, partnership with uh, Spotify... Their paying subscriber count has gone up tremendously. Actually, their overall count of users it's has gone up seven million yeah. since they have adopted the service, which was uh, a little while ago, not too long ago. And in particular, paying subscribers is up tremendously. And uh, you know, I think this is basically Facebook's. Um, well, you can attribute it to yeah. You can attribute it to Facebook for sure. And uh, I think people are really enjoying it, actually. 
I think they've done a good job deeply embedding it into the service. Like when I see someone listening to music, I want to click on the musical note and just and see, see what what's what they're listening to. I think that also Spotify really has done a good job of. They talked about how you know people should want their music on Spotify because more users are going to go out and buy that music afterwards. I'm guilty of that. Like my iTunes music purchases have gone up tremendously in the past four months. Is that right? Yeah, I'll just like I'm like, oh, I really like this. And in case I cancel Spotify, I want to be able to have this and not worry about it. Now, does Spotify give you recommendations and that's how you're buying stuff? Or are you just kind of... No, I'm just listening to things. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like this. I really wish it did recommendations. Yeah, to me, the best recommendation is either Genius, Pandora, or a friend. Right, that's I really fun. wish there was like a Genius feature in Spotify. Uh, I'm sure it's coming. Hopefully. You better believe that... For my that pocketbook, hopefully start, not. But When you start integrating these kind of platforms within social networking platforms, the result is targeted marketing. Oh, absolutely recommendations and it's only a matter of time where there's sort of like a spotify recommendations report that says hey 20 of your friends are listening to this check it out now does that mean you're going to like the music though that's kind of an assumption right because i have i don't know some x amount of friends on facebook probably listen to really eclectic music some of them listen to really eclectic music yeah yeah but the idea would be that it could do both now, if it had the genius algorithm that Apple has, which is basically any songs that you have, here's the likelihood that you would want this song based to on hear. all the songs that other right. people have. Now, tack that on with, are they your friends? Yes or no. You're gonna then get you have an even stronger right. you know, algorithm for determining whether you like a song or not. Yeah, I, I mean, hopefully it comes around. And like you said, it's only a matter of time. Sweet. Yeah. Well, this right. has been Weekly Download, episode number 28, not number 27. 28. And uh, we'll see you next week for episode 29. See ya.